0: and welcome to what's going on anyway with me your host Anne Headley and I use the I Ching and other of my favorite forms of divination to look into two week segments at a time and make sense of things and share that with you and I'm asking these questions for not just myself, which I do as a daily practice, but for all of us, anyone that might be listening, uh, to give us guidance and support and yet another way of inquiring and finding self-inquiry and community with questions that come up for all of us. Okay, so here we are again in a retrospective reading rather than a future reading which I'm getting excited to transfer into but we've got this reading to attend to and this is the new moon in January so it would be the new wolf moon January 21st 2023. And one of the things I mentioned was how to ask a good question using the I Ching. I say I Ching, I think it's probably more proper to say Yi Ching with a little bit of a sound in front of the E. So it would sound like Yi Ching, but um, that maybe is only for If you're very new to all of this, it probably doesn't make any difference to you at all. I just want to be as correct as I can be. And um, one of the things that is important to know about using the I Ching is that you are casting six lines. And the six lines can end up being broken or unbroken. And the combination of all of those lines together gives you your hexagram one of 64 possible hexagrams and there is a number I don't know where it is but there's a number of how many different configurations you can get with your changing lines um, and when you have changing lines they move to a whole nother hexagram there are so many really good introduction to I Ching uh, courses that you can take and Hilary Barrett has a podcast that's wonderful, and she has two episodes in the beginning of that podcast that are for beginners. So that would help a lot to understand the I Ching. Um, But asking a good question, what is a good question? With the I Ching, of course, asking yes and no questions is, it doesn't give you the information that you want because you want an expanded answer you want something to mull over and think about so if the question was am I going to get a raise yes or no is not as productive a question for you to consider as is this job serving me what does my future look like if I switched to a different career what would I expect from that what would that look like for me you get a whole field to play around with of thinking, feeling, and understanding. Uh, So what you want to do when you're asking the question is establish a field around that question of different associations. And you really have to use a kind of benevolent imagination to find your way into uh, really a relationship with the oracle. And this is true whether you're using the I Ching or whether you're using tarot cards or divination cards, angel cards are my favorite. I have a conversation with angel cards and the I Ching pretty much every day. I can look back through my notebooks and find um, hexagrams here and there and everywhere. I really prefer to write them down and draw them out as I consider the answers to my questions. So for this new moon I one of the things to do is to establish who is asking the question. Sometimes I will use the I Ching and ask for other people. So I'm very clear that that is for them. And so for this one I'm asking for myself and anyone who may be listening to this. What is the best thing for us to understand what did i actually sometimes i write it out so what did i actually write out what's the best hexagram for the january 21st reading and what was happening then what was happening mid january at that new wolf moon for us and the hexagram that i got back was corruption and when i get a hexagram back like that initially I I often have a like, oh, was that right? Did I, I like, I want to do it again. I don't like that one. Um, but I've done this long enough to know that it's really not valuable to question what you get back immediately. I often throw two or three times, especially when I am really seeking a particular answer. Um, but in this one it's neither here nor there. I'm just trying to find out what was going on for us. So um, the first result, um, the first questions that came up were, what is behind this trouble? What is the hidden cause? I'm not particularly remembering trouble in mid-January, but I do remember that pervasive feeling of, what is this year going to bring? How am I going to establish myself in this year and still feeling that astrologically we were in Mercury retrograde grade was was Mars still retrograde then I don't know enough about that I'd have to look that up Um, let me read this because I think it's helpful in ancient China ancestors angered by neglect would send sickness and misfortune this is corruption something dark like a curse lurking under the surface of life and manifesting as patterns of negative experience. We don't have to believe in angry ancestors to be haunted by corruption. Whether we inherit its darkness from our past, our culture, ding, 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 or through our parents, ding, 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 ding. When you receive hexagram 18, it's time to examine those old, old patterns at last to seek out their source, and give it due honor and attention. When you understand where your experience comes from, you can restore the creative flow and make a genuinely new beginning. You will need to commit yourself to the journey and take the risk of crossing the great river into unknown territory. And you will need to pay careful attention to the process before seed day, which marks the beginning of a new cycle of time. And that's the thing that, that seems to be promised in astrology that uh, March is a new cycle of time for us. You will need to identify the source of the corruption and prepare for change. So, I'll go back. Before seed day, which is still to come for us, which marks the beginning of a new cycle of time, you'll need to identify the source of the corruption or, you know, look at your wounding patterns and prepare for change. Afterwards, you need to pay attention to the needs of the new growth. Each of these phases has only a modest duration. You're invited to attend and examine, but not to dwell on this change for a lifetime. Interesting. So we've got this new change coming. I feel like I, I'm i sensing that. I think other people are talking about that, but that new change. Ooh, even astrologically, they talk about there is this new cycle of change that's but then we're going to cycle back. So there will be this feeling of of lightness and benevolence in spring and maybe in through summer. And then as we go into the fall, we've got some eclipses and some other maybe more difficult astrology coming. So maybe this is just a moment to attend to letting go of our old patterns, maybe not letting go of them, but seeing them clearly, looking at them, knowing them for what they are. And then allowing this new little phase of growth that's coming so beautifully for us in the Northern Hemisphere with springtime, letting that have its own phase. So that new growth isn't, uh, gosh, I want to say deranged by the old patterns. If we're really clear with the old patterns, then we can let the new growth be a separate thing from that. That new growth isn't making up for lost time. It isn't in response to old patterns it's simply something that is its own beautiful little um pocket of of newness and we can let that be almost like if we were thinking of that as like a new creative project it would be its own expression that needs uh its own time and its own field to be in so maybe that's nice to think of it that way. What's behind all this? And this particular hexagram is an unchanging hexagram, so it had no moving lines. I often like the moving lines because it gives us something to really focus on in this very present moment. When I get a hexagram that has no changing lines, I use this. I'm gonna see if I can find it. It's called the I Ching Workbook by R.L. Wing because it's the only one of my I Ching books that has a interpretation for unchanging line, uh, an unchanging hexagram. So I, I run to this one when I get one that's that's unchanging because I want to know just specifically what that means. I really rely on this one and um, It says, this hexagram, in its static form, points to the necessity of a change in attitude about your environment as a whole. Settled above, the mountainous weight of the trigram, Ken, stillness, holds immovable sun, the trigram of gentle effects. Too many elements in your life have reached a state of neglect, disrepair, and inertia. Does that speak to our current culture? Does it speak to the way that people have been neglected, our social services are in disrepair, and there's inertia in the sense of making any change around it? You cannot hope to guide your destiny with any effectiveness when you do not have authority and control over everyday situations. Hope lies in an unrelentingly energetic and conscientious attitude. So... I think that points to the ideal around looking at what is right in front of you, noticing um, what isn't working and questioning why and where does it come from and looking at all of those old and, and deep patterns that come from our past, our culture. Uh, and through our parents so when we talk about those things coming through our parents that's coming through not just our parents but those deeply embedded family patterns and family lines so that helps I think to think about January that way and um, I pulled a card from the healing mantra deck by Matt Kahn and that one says, opening my mind. I allow myself to see beyond my beliefs and ideas. And I think that's important as we look back and think about how were we going into this year. And maybe this year is going to look different than any other year that's ever been. And we have to open our mind to that. I definitely had to let myself think about the beginning of January differently and realize that this wasn't going to be that typical January where I, Mm. usually I think about really opening up space for people to jump on that kind of new year, um, new resolve bandwagon and really open up a lot of spaces for teaching yoga and private sessions. And this year I basically kept January very dark and quiet. I did have some yoga and private work and animal communication work but i didn't push any agenda or um, sense of promoting that i'm saving that for this open spring newness that's coming and just to finish this out i'm going to pull a couple of angel cards and see what do we have here we've got courage communication and love. So all of those necessary when, when we're in the midst of looking at old and uncomfortable patterns. And by looking at them, by naming them, by bringing them into the light, we have a chance of not repeating them. Okay, and that's that for the last retro, active retrospective, I'm not sure what the right word is there, for these readings. And, um, the next one is a new moon in February. So I will see you then. Bye for now. Be well. Patricia, are you aware of what's happening? No, ma'am. I don't know what's going on, but I'm awake. that clip to the end of the podcasts I'm not quite sure how to integrate it yet but I love it so much it's from the Peanuts cartoons it's Peppermint Patty who falls asleep in class the teacher asks her to wake up or asks if she's paying attention and I just thought that was really cute since I'm calling this what's going on anyway or what is going on anyway and that's how I feel I am awake (laughs) and I don't know what's going on Um, but it's something to talk about and again thank you for joining me here and listening and considering these things too. Be well.